and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All righty. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller here as we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you uh, tuning in here this morning. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this at the bottom of the hour. We missed him yesterday. We will, fingers crossed, get him today. Matt Snyder, a national uh, MLB writer for CBSSports.com. He will join us as we go around Major League Baseball with our friend Matt Snyder, who normally joins us on Monday, but we get him uh, in the middle of the week. Kicking off our number two. Uh, Matt Postens covers the Big 12 for Heartland College Sports. Got a lot of, well, the entire website, as you would well imagine, has been uh, all over the potential uh, changes when it comes to the, uh, they say potential, because I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> Trent, you're nodding your head in approval. Uh-huh. Uh, the uh, We'll talk to Matt Postens. He covers the Big 12 for Heartland College Sports. He's based in Texas, uh, so we'll get his thoughts at 11.05 and 11.30 on a Wednesday. That means... Cappy joins us uh, this Wednesday. Will be no different. We'll talk to David Kaplan. Cubs win, White Sox lose. That means the Twins win, and a lot of uh, Chicago conversation with our uh, friend David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Uh, Cappy. So uh, yesterday we took the air at this time, and mm-hmm. I felt really good about the Big Twelve. Yes, Dennis Dodd, after all, just reported that. Well, Arizona and Arizona State and Utah and Colorado were in his. Uh, the way he phrased it, where they are in deep negotiations. And then you came up with a new name. Right. John Canzaro. Yes. Uh, who's covered the Pac-12. Portland-based. Portland-based. Has an uh, afternoon drive show in the, over the, uh, carries, uh, in the entire state. Uh, newspaper guy for, for decades. Um, and he said that he's one of his sources that this couldn't be any further from the truth. We have not talked to anybody in the Big 12. All right. So we kind of left that uh, at noon uh, with our audience with that. That Obviously, no surprise, Miller and Condon don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, and then Dennis Dodd, before he hits the hay last night, he's forced to go back on his Twitter account. Remember, this is the guy that in the morning was, the Big 12 is in deep negotiations. Mm-hmm. He reported that the ACC and the Pac-12 had come to some, or were discussing, a loose partnership. Can't use the word alliance anymore. No. That can never be used again. It's a dirty word. It's a dirty word. So, you know, it's funny last night, um, after 8.30, I I looked up the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 alliance, Mm -hmm. and I didn't, I, I only read the first sentence, and I just... In August of 2021, the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 conferences formed an historic alliance. Well, that's all I needed to see. I looked him in the eye. Yeah, that historic alliance lasted all of 11 months before the Big Ten said, you know what, this isn't worth the paper, it wasn't even written on, uh, and off they were going to poach a couple of those Pac-12 schools. So, as we sit here today, I don't know what to believe, I um, I do believe, the one thing I do believe is if the Pac-12 is going to go back to being the Pac-10, that I don't know how any of the other eight schools in that uh, in that uh, remaining uh, uh, conference of, 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 you know, of the Pac-10 could put their head on their pillow at night and think, oh my, you know, we say that Oregon and Washington are, are with us. Right. 
Until the phone rings and it's Kevin Warren. But will that phone well, ring? Well, that's just it. That's just it. And it doesn't sound like it's certainly going to ring anytime soon. Right. And Notre Dame, apparently, they want to stay independent. Well, they're going to do any, everything they can. You know who their partner is in this? Yeah, SEC. Absolutely. Because they don't want they, and they want to hurt the Big 12, the Big 10. They know Notre Dame if it comes to the point where they have to join a conference. They're not joining the SEC. No. Like, Notre Dame's not joining a conference with Auburn right. and Mississippi State. Precisely. It's just not going to happen. No. We've got to live in reality. And yeah. The reality is... Well, you can, well, you can get into that school if you can fog up a mirror. Right. That is not the bedfellows that Notre Dame is going to have. Right. ACC, academic institutions makes more sense for them for the other sports and of course the independence that they get with it so i think the sec the way that they look at this is they want the basic structure of college football to remain the same yes they're going to be the power if it's ultimately a 12 team playoff 16 team playoff whatever it is okay we'll get to that point but we still i think more than anything the sec wants to stay away from the two super conferences that we've bandied about here as opposed to the big 10 if if either of those conferences had a choice, the Big Ten, I think, would be quicker to go that avenue than the SEC because of the additions mm-hmm. that the Big Ten still could make and yep. what they could do, not only getting Notre Dame, but then getting the Eastern Seaboard with Virginia, with North Carolina, maybe dipping into Florida for either a Miami mm-hmm. or a Florida State. They want to stay away from the two super conference level. Let's keep it like it is. And the only way to do that is to keep, make, keep Notre Dame, or one of the ways to do that yes. is to keep Notre Dame happy. And how does Notre Dame stay happy? They stay independent. You're not going to have a college football playoff that Notre Dame's not being a, right. be a part of. You right. just can't do that. No, You can't go that direction. So because of that, that is where we are right now. Oregon and Washington are so interesting in this. And you hear the continued talk about Phil Knight is doing everything mm-hmm. in his power to get that call from Kevin Warren in the Big Ten to make that happen. It's probably not going to happen right now. And because of that, this is the one thing that I, I, I brought up to Chris Williams when we had him on on Friday is... And we have him tomorrow, by the way. We look at the conversation, and it starts right here with TV executives. We can talk about the Amazons and the streamers. It's still about TVs. Yep. It's still what Thankfully. this is about. It's Fox <laughs> yeah. and ESPN, the two entities creating their own super conferences. Now, this will. isn't to say that uh, that the Amazons and the Apples aren't going to get a piece of it, because they're, they're going to be players. Yes, they absolutely right. will. But they're at a level below the TVs at right. this point. And that's where we are. And what I've said continually, and when the Big 12 everything looked like they were in a position of power, and the conversation we had about that yesterday, it comes down to what the TV executives, what they believe, is the Pac-12, with its remaining members, going and poaching the Big 12, more financially viable, or the Big 12 at 12 teams going out and poaching from the Pac-12 and getting the four schools mentioned, Oregon, Washington, throw them in the mix too, to get to 18. What's more financially viable? I'll pose this to you. The 12-team Big 12, as we know it, will be with the four new members, Oklahoma and Texas coming in, and then going poaching those four six teams. Is that a more financially viable conference or... The remaining 10 teams in the Pac-12 and them going and poaching six teams of their choice. And the choices that apparently they have, the, the reports are, if they're going to poach, they're going to come after Big 12 schools. Absolutely. The TCU and the Dallas-Fort Worth market. And, and I don't get this one, Oklahoma State. Um, those are two of the teams that are most often talked about. As, Kansas? As, I guess, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, Kansas. 
Um, but if it's a football discussion or is it a is it a household discussion? Well, I think it's both. And again, we're talking about what does a TV executive look at? Mm-hmm. What's a conference that makes more money? So the easy answer to that, the way you posed it, would be the existing Big Twelve and taken the four or the six. You think so? I do because look, here's what, here's what we know about the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve is cockroach. You can't kill it. Yes. Right? You can step on it. You can do everything in your power. And we certainly thought that, you know, we're going to step on this thing and it's going to look under our shoe and it's going to be squashed. No, it has survived. They have, for whatever reason, um, and I'm glad, don't get me wrong, have found a way to, to power through these things. I think it's the Big 12 with the four or six schools coming. Because I don't know, I'll never know. And if if it if it is four, obviously I feel better about those four staying. But even if even if Oregon and Washington decide to join in the beginning, can you ironclad tie them up for decades? Just or again, if the big if the Big Ten gets a, a bee in their bonnet and no, it's time we're gonna we're gonna get bigger. Those seemingly are two of their main targets to go out west and to and to make it a little bit easier for UCLA and USC. The whole thing makes my head hurt. It really does. So look at it this way. You got the Washington schools, the Oregon schools, the Northern California schools, Cal and Stanford, Arizona schools, and then the mountains Mm -hmm. with Colorado and Utah. And of those ones you just mentioned, Stanford is as valuable as any. Absolutely. And then they go and they add TCU, Houston, Oklahoma State, Mm -hmm. Kansas. It's big markets. And two others, right? So you know what? What, what I haven't looked the uh, the Big Twelve grant to rights goes through when? That's a great question. Yes, uh, I remember seeing it. I can't remember offhand, right? Because the 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 uh, four schools that just joined, they couldn't have joined. I wouldn't think um, on on a twenty four month uh, grant of rights that when the, when it when the contract comes up in two thousand twenty five, we go over it, we start this process anew. I, again, um, if I had to, if I had to rank them right now, I think the Pac-12 writers are more are more um, on point than the Big 12 writers, at least the nationally, mm-hmm. nationally. What we see, you know, what we need to do. I think we should go around the. Well, we're going to do so today with Matt Postens, but maybe get a Chris Level who covers Texas Tech. Yeah. Maybe reach out to Michael Swain who covers Kansas. Mm-hmm. You know what? What are they saying in those camps? You know, we know what's being said here in in Central Iowa. But how do the other, you know, how do the other uh, fan bases feel, or or what what do they think? Where do they think the power lies? How are they sleeping at night? Again, you can't. The the Big Twelve is a survivor. I'll, I'll give them that. You mentioned something I found interesting, though. You come in today much more concerned about Iowa State than you were yesterday. Just twenty four hours later. Well, the yes, yes, the conference overall, because just um, how wrong that there's no conversations going on. And, uh, and now look at and today, this morning, the athletic Max Olson essentially regurgitated Dennis Dodd, mm-hmm. saying that today's the day that these schools are getting together and are going to negotiate. Look, that's the best case scenario for us, for business wise. Uh, but I thought that I really thought that there was something to Dodd's report, and and if it was, uh, here's the offer, go home and sleep on it, and get back to us. We're not. This isn't. This this has an expiration date of yeah. Thursday or Friday. You know, get in front of your board of regents, which Colorado did apparently last night. Um, they they called a meeting. Uh, there was going to be nothing decided. I don't believe that it was an open session, 
meaning the the media can't go in and uh, and listen in. Um, so again, there's so many, and as we've said multiple multiple times, you said it again this morning. The only people who really know right now mm-hmm. are Fox and ESPN, and presidents and chancellors of schools and how far down the line do they share the knowledge that they have meaning when do they loop the athletic department in right if we're led to believe that gary barta didn't know about ucla and usc till wednesday of last week he's not the only ad in the yes. big 10 that found out that late in the game that this was happening that's a very senior member of the athletic departments across the big 10 landscape is well, a guy that is on right. committees he heads the, the playoff committee in football or the face of it. You would think that that's a guy that would, if an athletic director, no, he'd be towards the top mm-hmm. of the list. And he didn't know until Wednesday. That was apparently, that was that was published. He didn't know until Wednesday. So that goes to show you. And again, all this speculation, all, that's all it is. That's all it is. So if you're an Iowa State fan, you're a Big 12 fan right now, where does your concern level lie? You've gone through this now. You know what it is? This is the third time. Right. You know what it is? It's the uncertainty. It's the not knowing. I think that, Look, I'm a fan of the Big 12. I want the Big 12 yep. to survive. Um, I think that the fans, the hardcore fan base, the people in the media, that it's in their best interest to see this survive. I think I can say a collective, I'll use the word we, mm-hmm. got up yesterday thinking we're going to be okay in yes. all of this. The fans are going to get what they want, and the media that is dependent in a lot of ways on having, especially where we sit, having two Power Five conferences, in, and they both matter, the Big Ten and the, mm-hmm. pa- and the, and the Big Ten, Big 12 rather. Um, I think yesterday I got up feeling a little bit better than I did today. I, I think I agree with that sentiment too. It comes down to what do the great unknown want. And we just don't know. We, we think you know, you think you have an idea, but that is the ultimate question. Mm-hmm. What do TV executives, where is the most value of a merger. You talk about the ACC. Now, the ACC and a merger with the Pac-12, the reason that that's so important for the ACC, we've talked about their grant of rights no, that goes through 2036. Trent, you won't even be on the air that Well, you might be 14 years from 14 now. 14 years? Yeah, you'll probably Late make 50s. it. Late 50s? Yeah. I'll still be trolling around a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what, what's happening at that point. But it's a different world. But not only that, the money isn't great in comparison no. to everybody else. But not only that... That deal, it's not like there's escalators in there that they're going to be keeping up. Mm -hmm. But if they add teams and if there is a merger, they can renegotiate that contract. That's that's true. And therein potentially gets them out of that godforsaken contract that was signed. You know the carrot in there that's dangled out that I think is something that is very valuable to an ESPN or whoever gets it? If indeed they take the... Pac-12, if it stays the same, and we call it the Pac-12, if they take their champion and they take the AC's champion and they meet on an annual basis in Las Vegas to play it to, to, to um, I don't know what they would call it, the loose partnership trophy. Right. <laughs> uh, but that's something that I think ESPN would eat up in a heartbeat. You know, the night of the, um, again, you're asking the students, and they are, to, to play an extra game. Uh, especially if they're qualifying for a playoff. But the Army-Navy weekend, there's no NFL that night. The uh, the NFL starts the following Saturday night. If that takes place in Las Vegas and you get the Pac-12 and the fan base of whatever ACC school prevails coming across the country to Sin City, hello. Did you uh, see the conversation talking about going way back in the day? Back in the 1950s. This has been going on for a long time. Realignment in college sports. <laughs> is there was a time that Notre Dame was getting together. I think it was with the Naval Academy. Yeah. With Army. Yeah. 
Stanford, still USC. Play still play them. There was like eight to ten teams. I think Tulane and Rice were maybe involved. Wow. Eight to ten, very academically based yeah. universities that were getting together and talking about creating. I think it was called something like the Airline Conference. This is in the 1950s. Really? I, when I air travel was starting to become more pertinent and much easier at that time. Yeah, but you still got to wear a shirt and tie. Right. <laughs> they were, you smoke. Right. Yeah. So like smoking or not smoking. Yeah. You're on a plane. Does it really matter? It's all coming back to me. Right. That second hand's going to get to now, me. Now, did you ever fly in your life? See, I did. Oh, yeah. I did. Yeah. Many times. When did that change? Was it early oh, 90s? God. I Mid-90s? yeah late eighties early nineties yeah. smoking or non smoking because because I because all the seats had the ashtrays yes oh my that's how after it did change you knew if you were on an old plane if there was still an ashtray which you know later on was a was a a gum dispenser or disposal rather yeah oh my gosh and every once in a while well it's been a while but. Not in the- and God forbid you had to take a piss because if you don't smoke, you know where the non-smokers are. They're at the back of the plane, going through a cloud. To and get it's there. like, <gasps> hold your breath as you walk back to the piss. You can you can stink, you can smell it oh, when you're making nasty. your way back there. That was a possibility. So this is not this is nothing new. Mm. This is nothing. That I didn't know about that. It's going to change. It was I think it was Andy Staples. I, I got to find the article because it was really interesting, and I wasn't able to find. <laughs> He's it there an athletic uh, writer, is he? Not? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Does a really good job. Has a podcast. It's very interesting. I really like Andy Staples and what SI for a long time. He's been kind of all over the place. Yeah, yes. He He's another one of those you mentioned yesterday. Just the stable of writers at the athletic. Oh, class. they're great. They've been knocking it out yeah. of the park with college this. football. Is their strength it really is? And as Doc mentioned, and he's right. It might the NHL might be their second uh, the, yeah. where they're 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 really strong. They are really strong. If you're a fan of the NHL, I mean, if you're a fan of the Minnesota Wild, you have one of the best hockey writers going. Period. In Michael Russo, who's terrific. But yeah, the um, uh, the Athletics really strong in college football. So let's do a little baseball conversation. All right. Uh, the Twins uh, pounded the White Sox last night, hitting the ball well. Boy, are they ever! And you know what? They pitched the ball well. They did. Finally, should we start there? Because that kind of comes out of the... Uh, look, I, I didn't know much about Winder, who was getting the start last night. Mm-hmm. Trent, he was terrific. So he's 25 years old. He was a decent prospect, a guy uh-huh. that they had hope for. It's not one of those can't-miss guys, but yeah, one of the young arms that have been bandied about the last couple of years. Now, the concern about him, he's 25, innings limits. And that's something that is becoming bigger and bigger. And it's not the old day, well, when you get to 200, we're going to shut you down. Right. Or going back to what we saw with, uh, oh, with the with the Nationals, oh, Strasburg, yeah, with Strasburg, yeah. and hey, we're going to be in the playoffs, but he's not going to pitch. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe second guessing that one just a little bit. Now he's only up to about forty innings, I think it is this year. But if that so innings we're halfway not, through essentially, right? But if he's a starter the rest of the way, he'll probably get to about one twenty. Okay, you're good, right? Yeah. But, but then what do you do? The bullpen's awful, terrible. Last night like they that. were good. Last night they were good. They were. Yep. And the last two nights, yep, overall, yep. been pretty good. But we know, and Pagan being <laughs> the biggest issue with that bullpen, is if you make a decision with this guy, we need help in the bullpen. We got a couple arms down on the farm. Maybe we could try, but there's just not a whole lot of depth there. They're going to make a move. They're going to bring in a couple of veterans. I think that goes without saying. They have to. Mm-hmm. They just have to. Well, there's a lot of teams hunting for bullpen help. Yes, and they're you not going to be, be alone. That's true. You better be first. But if you take Josh Winder and you make him not only a bullpen arm that you can hope for, maybe the seventh inning, like Griffin Jacks has kind of turned into uh-huh. that kind of guy. Another yep. one that was a starter and still might be a starter, but for right now he's a bullpen arm. But they don't have even a swing guy. They don't have a guy that, hey, you know what, Dylan Bundy only got us 
three and two thirds. We're still in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, we're down four two. We're still in this. They don't have a guy that they can mm. extend. They don't have that old school long reliever that you feel confident with. Like and, Swarmer, who came in for Hendricks last night yes. when, when he left the game early. And when you don't have a guy like that, and the way that the Twins, and they're not alone in this, where two times around, the Rays do this, the Twins do this. We're going to go through the lineup twice with our starter, maybe a third time, but that's it. Mm-hmm. And if it is only getting three, four, five innings out of your starters, you put a lot on the bullpen. And without one of those swing guys, you put yourself really behind the eight ball as it pertains to mm. just going to last night. Griffin Jacks couldn't go because he went two innings the right. night before. And Duran, and you, when you go that direction, so that would, I think, make sense for Winder. As good as he has been in the starter role, yeah. do you go that direction? Because you save some, you save some of those innings. Uh, the baseball betting just texted me 2,000 smoking was banned in planes. 2,000? Had to be before that, didn't it? Maybe not officially. Maybe not. Maybe there were other airlines that did it beforehand. I'm sure there were plenty of those. I would think, right? That's crazy. No, it really is. Um, so, so good win for the Twins last night. White Sox, boy, they need this one today. They yeah. need to salvage one today because here come the Tigers for the weekend. And don't look now, but the Tigers are starting to look like a lot of people thought that they were going to look, although back in April, yeah, that not, be. they wouldn't be able to turn that switch back on in, in, in July. They're playing good baseball is, is, is our point. Uh, and, um, you know, what looked a couple of weeks ago like, uh, we'll take three or four from this team, not so fast. Your Blue Jays lose again. Trent, to the they're A's. bad. They just can't. They can't pitch. They can't pitch. Kikuchi. I didn't realize he lost his dad. I was reading something about that, that last either. night, and apparently now two two starts ago, uh, the start before yeah, last yep. night, he was really good. He was really good. Apparently, it's impacted him a lot, and obviously, he wouldn't be able to go home. Right? He didn't go home. Oh, he during the season he lost him recently. Oh, I didn't apparently, know that. this happened. Okay. At least that that's the way that I read it. I, don't I remember I missing a start. And that's, some people think, maybe has impacted him. Just not a chance to do that. Kind of an interesting angle to him. A guy that was really solid a year ago. We mm-hmm. talked about him a lot because I bet him on a lot yeah. a year ago. But you got Barrios today. He's been terrible. What, what's, happened to, what's happened to Jose Barrios? This year is north of five. I know. The, 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 that's that's the problem with this team. They, they can't pitch. Real quick, before we get to break, we've got Cappy today, and it's great that we do because there's a pretty big Chicago story percolating uh, when it comes to the home of the Chicago Bears. And, and the mayor of the city of Chicago, uh, Lori Lightfoot is her name, correct? Yes. Lori Lightfoot. She is doing all she can to prevent the Bears from taking Arlington Heights up on their offer and building that new stadium with parking, brand new edifice with all the suites uh, that would really make the Bears some money. She is bound and determined to keep this team on the lakefront. To that end, what she dangled today is putting a lid on Soldier Field. A domed stadium. A domed stadium. So I'm not sure how that blends into the lakefront because wasn't that a big part? Oh, absolutely. When they when they renovated the last time that it that they're all right, we're we're going to let you do this, but here's the parameters and the restrictions that go along with that because it's a national landmark and there's right. certain things that they can't do because of that. Well, they're overlooking that apparently. If this is what <laughs> right. So here's my question: If you do put a you just don't do that in the off season, do you? No. Well, remember the last renovation? They played in Champagne, right? I remember that, but I mean, they'll still have the seats, or will you? So, can you bring in the construction equipment in on January second mm-hmm. and be ready in September? I'm not sure. In Chicago? In Chicago, probably not. And then I'm not. Sh- I, I know there's concerts in that venue, but if they're working. In, the, in those nine months between January and September, you can't do anything in that building. 
Not only that, two things that I found crazy. So upgrades to the stadium, including significant rebuilding of certain parts of that. Those, How? Those end zone seats are a mile away. I mean, you're, you're a yes. long ways away if you're sitting in the end zones or in the upper corners, mm-hmm. and it's a long distance. It's an old stadium, and that's what right. old stadiums were built. The Coliseum, look at that. Although it's really cool, but again, I saw the Rolling Stones there. I've not seen a football game. Anything would be cool seeing the Stones. That's true. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. you, you can put that that's in any venue. That's a really venue. good point, yeah, yeah especially for me. as a That's my band. I'd, I'd jump right back in there yeah. and be in the same way. It's The cost, though, this was what was baffling to me. I know construction cross, costs are rising everywhere, and we continue to hear about that. To put this dome on there, reconfiguring, costs between $400 million and $1.5 billion. What's, that's what these renovations would cost. They're I understand the city of Chicago wants to keep the they're, Bears they're, there. They're, yeah. But at that cost, that's not ridiculous. with the financial issues that that city as a whole has, mm-hmm. does that fi- financially make sense? No, the answer is no. Figure out a way to get traffic from the airport to freaking downtown quicker. Never will happen. My God, that's a nightmare. <laughs> yes, is. Isn't that awful? That's as bad of a commute as... Yes. It's terrible. Well, when we were there, well, it had been 2019, right? When yeah. we were in Big Ten Media Days. God, it's too long. Yes, it is. And remember, I stayed out you with my buddies. You stayed out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of my buddies that lives out, uh, I can't remember what suburb it is, but he goes into work and he leaves every day, gets up at 445, leaves at 515 just to cut his commute down, leaving at that time to 45 minutes. He works on the loop. So he gets there at 6. If he would leave in a, even a half hour later, that 45-minute drive would take two hours. It's, it's bloody awful. You land, you're ready to get to your hotel, and you're stuck. And it's the meter's running. (laughs) (laughs) Tick, 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 see that thing rise. But it's a beautiful city. Not for me. No. I am very happy with my commute in Des Moines. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we will uh, take our time out. Matt Snyder's coming up. Before we do that, though, it's time for another another $1,000 home run. Go to KXNO.com right now, and you'll see that pop-up box. Once you see that pop-up box, enter the keyword check. Check at KXNO.com your chance to win $1,000. Another chance coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. We'll give you that keyword about this time an hour from now. So right now it's check at KXNO.com. Matt Snyder joins Trent and I next. David Kaplan and uh, Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports in hour number two. We're on Des Moines Sports Day. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. For details. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Just past 10.30 on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, as we take you until noon. Let's get our friend Matt Snyder in here. He will join us going forward on Mondays at 10.30. So our first guest of the week will be a little baseball conversation throughout the season. Matt, CBSSports.com. Uh, hello, Matt. Trent and Ken, how are you? 
Hey, I'm very good. You know, it, it's 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 good to think about that moving forward. Like a good start to the week. You it know? truly is talk about the the sport we play every single day. Yeah, yeah. And, and Trent and I are huge baseball fans, so uh, uh, no question about it. To that end, um, I've identified the World Series winner, Matt. Uh, you guys can uh, take the rest of the season off. You know what? <laughs> This Houston Astros, they go into New York and they go seven and two against the Yankees and the Mets. I get yeah. that they're playing the Royals and coming back against the Royals. You can't get too pumped up about it, but that swing through New York opened my eyes. They're, they're legit and they're going to be a pain in the you know what. And I don't care how good the Yankees are and they're really good. Well, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, if you look at last year, they kind of dragged their pit, their their starting rotation to the World Series, and it was patchwork at that point because you know no Justin Verlander all year. Right. Uh, they had lost Garrett Cole to free agency, you know, before 2020. But and, and 2020 seems like nothing at this point. Um, but they had those kids, you know, whether it was Garcia or Javier or Arquiti. You're running somebody out there who it just seems like. He's not totally stretched out, or he's not. He hasn't been in the rotation all year, especially in Arquiti's case. Um, this time around, it looks like it's definitely Verlander at the top. But man, Christian Javier mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Luis Garcia is so good. Valdez, Framber uh, Valdez. The rotation top to bottom is amazing. If McCullers comes back. They could use him in relief like they did. Remember in the 2017 yep. class when they were doing stuff with like Charlie Morton and McCullers and McCullers, he only has to throw that slider and <laughs> as he loves to do. If you just have him in relief, I mean, they, the bullpen wasn't all the way there in Yankee Stadium. And it's a good thing for the Yankees. They weren't because it would have been a four game sweep for the Astros. Good point. Um, but if they get that in gear and they get everybody in offense healthy, which they haven't been, by the way, that's another scary thing is Brantley's hurt right now. You're on Valdez uh, and Jeremy Pena had that collision. They haven't really been right offensively all year. If they hit their stride at the right time, man, that's just top to bottom scary. Yesterday, a bit of a firestorm in baseball circles. Ken Rosenthal reported of The Athletic that Rob Manfred, he is allowed to put an extra player on the All-Star Game roster as a legend, if you will. Mm -hmm. Albert Pujols, Yadi Molina, a couple of the guys certainly were bandied about the most, at least that I saw uh, yesterday about that. I'm fine with it. I got no problem with it. It's an extra spot. They're not taking one away. Remember Cal Ripken in Seattle? Are people actually mad? I saw plenty of people mad online, which is, well, Um, it's Twitter. Remember that stuff. And and maybe we didn't have anything else to be mad at yesterday. That's true. I I don't know. That's true. Yeah. I mean, look, we've long celebrated the the elite, the best of the best at the All-Star Game. Uh We know it for last year. As mentioned, the Cal Ripken, which, you know, we had the funny moment where the, the Bat got accidentally kind of went into Tommy Lasorda's way. That was the Cal Ripken game. <laughs> but then Ripken homered. Um, you know, we had Jeter. We had Rivera. Um, Chipper Jones kind of had a nice going away party there in Kansas City in 2012. I don't see why Albert Pujols should be any different. He's one of the absolute elite of the elite. Getting them, Get him in at bat. Uh, maybe get a pitcher that grooves one and does not feel the need to tell everybody the way Adam Wainwright did about the Jeter pitch uh yeah that'd be really cool i don't see why that would be a problem it's not a game that means anything anymore and like you said it's not taking away a spot from anybody it's just adding somebody 
Right, and they'll probably get a, a pinch hit opportunity or something a very yeah, uh, like late in the game. Right, yeah. you're probably not going to see him in the field. You know, nobody wants to see Pools in the, <laughs> right. with a glove. No, they want to no. see him with a bat. So let's speaking of bats, the Twins bats have come alive. Uh, the Central Division in the American League, boy, Cleveland's going the wrong way. Detroit's starting to play yeah. like the team that I know a lot of us thought that we're going to look like all year long. Uh, Twins bats are alive. Guardians are struggling against the Tigers, uh, and boy, the White Sox better win today because. Because they begin play six and a half behind the Twins. Not saying it's over at this point, but this has been a good week uh, for the Twinkies. It has been. Uh, still a long way to go. The White Sox have a lot of head-to-head. before, Just right. before the All-Star break, the White Sox have a lot of head-to-head. So the, these last two days, though, are, are missed opportunities for the White Sox because it looked like, oh, man, they might be, what, two and a half out if they would have won those last two games. Uh, and it's funny, it could have gone the other way, too, because the Twins and Guardians, when they played, was it nine times or eight times within like 11 days or so? And every single game the Guardians won, the Twins blew right. in the late inning. And if they would have held on to them, they would have had like a 12-game lead or something yep. ridiculous. So the Guardians are are just just that close from being way out of it. I don't like that roster that much anyway. I kind of felt like, yeah, they made their run beating up on weak teams. And you do have to give credit because – We've talked about that with the Braves before. Like, you got to win those games. The good teams win those games. And if you go on a run where, like, the Braves, where you win 14 in a row, that's a lot bigger deal than winning just two-thirds of those games, which is usually the goal. Um, But still, I just – you look at the rosters, the White Sox are probably going to be a bigger threat to the Twins down the stretch, in my opinion. So that's why these last two games were such a big deal. But, again, there's a lot more head-to-heads coming. Eloy Jimenez is making his way back with the White Sox. He was in the dugout yesterday. Is either going to be activated today, and I haven't seen the lineup yet for the White Sox. If not today, it'll be tomorrow, though, for them. What kind of impact do you anticipate Jimenez going to mean? And, boy, they they need some help. The power for this White Sox team has just dried up, which is incredible when you look at that lineup. Yeah, it's funny. Last year, it was like a badge of honor that they didn't hit that many home runs and they had the high batting average and the low strikeouts. It's like, oh, yeah, this is an old-school team. They don't have to rely on the home run. Well, yeah, you don't want to be overly reliant on it, but if you look at the Yankees, like we said in that Astro series, man, home runs can cover up an awful lot of blemishes. <laughs> if you get a well-timed three-run bomb, that's something that Jimenez could bring to that lineup, but he's going to have to hit because a lot of this season – for the White Sox, a lot of the problems have been injuries, but it's also been a lot of underperformance. If you look at someone like Yohan Moncada, for example, he's been brutal. Uh, and so if you get him in his back, is he going to be the guy that looks like he could hit 35 home runs in a year, or is he going to be uh, just have a down year like so many of his teammates? So it'll be interesting to see a lot of stuff with this team in the second half because they should be a lot better. I just wonder if some of it's approach, because like I said, if you look back to last year, they weren't hitting that many home runs. It was overly reliant on all these well-placed base hits. And in this day and age with all the defensive shifting and how much teams scout and all their metrics, like, it's a lot tougher to rely on a bunch of base hits being strung together. Uh, let's, uh, we, we talked about the Tigers maybe starting to look like the team that a lot of us felt that they were going to be like prior to the season. 
in the National League, I kind of felt the same way about the Phillies, and they struggled out of the gate. Of course, fire their manager. Thompson takes over. A real lifer in baseball. Um, you you got to root for those kind of stories, right? And and it seems teams yeah. the team seems to be responding to him. Of course, Bryce Harper's down. The pitching staff's uh, banged up, to say the least. But might this be a team that finds a way to grab one of those, maybe the last wild card berth? Oh, the Phillies, maybe. Um, start that that uh, pulse starting to beat a little stronger. Maybe I, I still I buried him when Bryce Harper got hurt. Maybe it was premature, but I I mean especially since the Braves won the World Series without Acuna last year, right. I just didn't think the Phillies had enough depth to absorb this. But man, Kyle Schwarber has just taken over. He's up to twenty five home runs now. Um, he he could hit fifty. Uh, he's got that much power. Uh, JT Real Muto not was has not been having that good of a year. Reese Hoskins had a slow start. He got hot. Maybe it's a case where with Bryce out, it's not necessarily their depth, but it's Schwarber, Real Muto, and Hoskins just totally going to overdrive and say, "We've got you. We'll, we've got your back. We'll pick you up. You just come back by late August, and we'll see where we are." Um, if it's going to be the third wild card spot, we got to say, "Okay." Mets and Braves in the East are probably going to be there. Brewers and Cardinals are probably going to be there. And then in the West, even if the Giants fall out, uh, Dodgers and Padres are going to be there. So it would have to be one of those teams that the Phillies mm-hmm. would be able to pass, whether it's the Cardinals don't look very good right, right now. now. I think nope. they're better than that. But, yeah, uh, do the Padres fall back again? They had a collapse last year. But you'd expect they'll get Manny Machado 100% soon, and Fernando Tatis Jr.'s return isn't that far off. So, it would have to be one of those teams if they're going to get in there in that six hole. We've talked about the Yankees a ton, as we should, because they're great. It's a great team. and I know, by the way, Sunday night baseball, yeah. Yank Sox. Well, and that's where I'm going. This Red oh, Sox okay. team, they're not going to catch the Yankees. They're 13 no. games back. That's not going Nobody to happen. Is. They are home free, are the Yankees. But the Red Sox, very quietly after that slow start, they're alone in second place in the East, very solidly a wild card team. Devers, Bogarts, Martinez, Verdugo, Story, they got to line up. And if they can just get some health in that pitching staff, if they get Evaldi back to what we know, Mm -hmm. Rich Hill, Michael Walker, James Paxton, Chris Sale, suddenly that rotation gets healthy. How dangerous are the Red Sox come playoff time if that happens? Well, I I think they need to trade for a starter, too. Because part of it is, like, the bullpen was such a mess, they needed to throw Tanner Hawk uh, to the bullpen, and he became He's been good. It might be a situation where once Garrett Garrett Whitlock is full go, if you could kind of throw him back to the bullpen and add a starter. And I, I, it doesn't, I, it seems like a lot of people are unsure that Sale's going to be able to join the rotation this year. Maybe he'll be a reliever mm. as well. Oh. And then all of a sudden, the bullpen that was a big problem early in the year, if you have a Hawk, Whitlock, and Sale back there, now I think you're in good shape. Like you said, Ovaldi coming back to the rotation, uh, maybe trade for another starter there. And then I think they'd be in good shape in the rotation as well. Um, the offense is really good. A lot of the stuff we talked about when they were struggling at the start of the year was J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts, and Devers were great, but we knew they were going to be great. It was nobody else. Well, then Trevor Story got hot. Then Eric mm-hmm. Alex Verdugo got hot. So now it's becoming a more well-rounded lineup. So I think they're definitely dangerous, but uh, they were 20-6, and six, maybe 21-6 and six in June, one of the best teams in baseball. But then they, they you know, they, they struggled in Toronto – they went into Wrigley and lost the series to the Cubs. They got beat up by the Rays last night. I don't know. It's Maybe they're just going to be an up-and-down team, which is fine because, you know, if you're up at the right time, you can win the World Series. Mm-hmm. 
That's a good point. Uh, let's talk about those Cubs. Who, you know what? I, you, there's you, you don't get anything for trying hard. You would like to see. You would like to think that that most of them do, right? They're getting very well paid for that. But there's kind of fun to watch, uh, Matt. I, I mean that. And I think that's yeah. a part of it's Wrigley Field. I, I just love watching games there. But it's but it's fun to watch Morrell and it's fun to watch Suzuki on the inside the park home run the other night. And, and some of these young guys, uh, Nelson Velasquez, who's getting an opportunity. Opportunity, yeah. um, they're they're okay to watch, right? And 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 they're putting up Absolutely. a fight, and, I, and and they got to, you know, that's in part because uh, David Ross hasn't playing hard. You got to give him credit. Yeah, I mean, there there's definitely many things missing, but at least as long as, for example, Hayward stays hurt, then you can keep seeing uh, Morel and Velasquez out there. Nico Horner, I think he's a, a foundation type guy, not necessarily like the best player on a contender because he's not going to be that good. Mm-hmm. But he he could be like a guy who hits seventh on a contender and plays every single day and be a good player, a helpful player like that. And like you said, Morell is so fun to watch as long as he's still around. And I hope they extend them. But Wilson Contreras is still very fun to watch as, as long as he's still around as well. Um, They'll they'll give you the uh, occasional like, hey, they look really really good today, but then the next day they'll look like one of the worst teams in baseball. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it, and, and you know what? We could say the same about the Pirates right now too. Yeah. I think when you look at the Central, the Pirates and the Cubs are like, it's not because you look at the Pirates have beat up on the Dodgers this year. They just beat the Yankees yesterday. The Cubs beat the Red Sox in, at two out of three. They beat the Braves two out of three at home at, that ended the Braves' 14-game winning streak. And it's like, if, if you're a contender and you see either the Cubs or Pirates, you think, oh, man, it's going to be a cakewalk. But it's not. I mean, it might be one of those games where you beat them 14-0, but then they could win the next two games. So it's it, those two teams are like, they're they're bad. They're definitely not good. But they're at least interesting to watch, unlike the Reds. San Francisco, a great story a year ago, had yeah. that epic divisional round. They've lost six straight. They're a game over 500 right Not now. There. Yeah. Is it just, it was a lot of smoke and mirrors last year and everything clicking? What do you read into last year versus this year for the Giants? No, I think they were legitimately good last year. I mean, it, they won 107 in a tough division. They took the Dodgers right to the brink in game five of the NLDS. I mean, if a few balls bounced differently in that series, they could have won the World Series. Um, I think they were legitimately good, but there's just something different this year. I know they, they lost Gossman a free agency, but they signed Brodon, and he hasn't been bad. Uh, you know, no Buster Posey there. I do think that makes a difference, but it can't make that big of a difference. Um, I do think they got, like, career years out of Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford. Crawford's 35. I mean, you aren't going to get that again. Um, there's just a lot of little things that are adding up. And it's just at some point it's just not there, and it's just not there. They started fourteen and seven this year. They've been not very good at all since then. So that's one team where, like I said, when I went through thinking about the six playoff teams, I did not mention them because I don't think they're going to be a problem moving forward. Somebody like the Phillies, I wouldn't be surprised, for example, if the Marlins finished above them. And really, that's not an insult because the Marlins aren't that far away. Mm, that's true. That's true. Uh, last thing from me, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Are we simply overlooking the defending champs? Um, I mean, they got off to a slow start. They're playing re- really good baseball right now. Um, m- might we be sleeping on the Braves? I mean, the record says we shouldn't be, but they've snuck up on a lot of no. people because, of, like you mentioned a few minutes ago, beating up on on bad teams. You give them credit because they yeah. did. But might be might be we just uh, you know outthinking ourselves, and when it's all said and done, it's going to be the Braves in the National League. 
Well, I I mean, I, I don't know. I Maybe some people are. I'm not, I haven't fifth in the power rankings this week, so I think they're legit really, really good. Um, they'll need to do some things like – the rotation isn't the most reliable in the world, but then again, it wasn't in October last year either. They right. won the World Series. And Soroka's coming back, right? Coming up and uh, I don't know okay. on that. I hadn't seen the recent, but I just I, I think I kind of put that aside because okay. it's been multiple times, and I'm worried for the rest of his career, frankly. Mm. But it'd be great if he did. It'd be. I mean, I would love to see it. Uh, Spencer Strider's legit in the yes. rotation. Um, he's really fun. Uh, I love their offense. Acuna is kind of back to being himself. They did lose Ozzy Albies, but they've got, I mean, Dansby Swanson's having a career year. And, you know, you brought up Michael Harris, the rookie, that play in center field there. He looks great. Um, they're a good team. They're really fun. They'll, they'll be formidable down the stretch. NL East race is going to be really fun with the, the Mets and Braves. And, hey, you never know. As you mentioned, the Phillies earlier, maybe they'll sneak in there and it'll be a three-team race. And Scherzer's back and DeGrom's coming. Going to be a blast. Uh, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Matt, thank you as always. We'll talk to you Monday at 1030. We'll kick off our guest list, uh, the weekly guest list with you. Thank you, Matt Snyder. Appreciate it. Sounds good. Take right? care. Indeed it does. Thanks, Matt. You have a good week. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Miller and Condon back to wrap up our number one Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 Meadows. Over to eBay. Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent, as many uh, places you can go to get stats in, in Major League Baseball mm-hmm. because no one uh, guards their stats in the records like MLB. So I'm watching La Russa mosey his way to the mound yeah. last night, right? <laughs> how many of those trips did you think he's taken in his career? Oh, can you imagine God. how many times he's walked as a manager from the... Now, again, this is post-830, so you mm-hmm. got to know where I'm at. Uh-huh. Um, 8,000? He's managed 5,000 games. So many pitchers has he taken out 12,000? I was going to say 20. Hmm. I mean, 15? Yeah. <laughs> the long, slow walk. It's just amazing. God, he's been doing it a long time, hasn't he? Not very well this year. No, I'm with you. I When it comes right down to it... Um. If the Twins can get any pitching, mm-hmm. they can. I love this lineup. I really do. They are good top uh-huh. to bottom. Well, one through seven, most days. Yeah, but and Miguel still... Sano was back on a rehab assignment. Yeah, what he can stay in Florida. Really? What did the uh, What did the Cleveland guys, the Guardians announcer, say about him? He's, he's the... not hurt. He's fat. Yeah, Tom Hamilton. <laughs> not hurt. He's fat. Can you get him for? What? Where are you going to put him? Not put him in first base. No, not put him anywhere. Uh-uh. Not DH and him. No. Not with the position flexibility that they have right now. Absolutely right. not. Can he get a veteran reliever for Miguel Sano? So you think you shop him? I I would it's not crazy. Look, he can hit the ball. Yes. He he he's a he's a weapon, but right now he's kinda uh on the outside looking in, right? There's no doubt. There's he's no lost his place. Yeah. And uh he since he started his rehab assignment, I think they have to call him up within twenty one days. Oh, so right? coming. Uh, very, very quickly when they'll have to make that decision. So uh, what do I come across here as I'm looking at some baseball futures? Uh-huh. For the first time in our state, this is at Bet Rivers. Oh, nice. We what did you find? Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, MVP in each league. 
available currently at Bet Rivers. Well, the American League, American League, can close the close the betting down. You can, yes. With yeah. who? Judge. Why not Otani? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Judge is the betting favorite, minus one ten. And and don't you? Well, I mean, he's so special, right? Otani's team's going to finish. Where are they going to finish? Yeah, Far back and well beaten, yeah. right? Uh, uh, the Yankees are going to have maybe the best record in all of baseball. That helps. Right. And the guy that's going to hit 60 bombs, yeah. he's going to win. He will. Minus 110. You're confident. That's not bad. I think you got some free bets what? still over there at Bet Rivers, don't you? <laughs> what? Yeah, I just used them on the Astros to win the oh, World Series. You? Okay. Six to one, figured what not. Um, what, what's, what's Otani's number? Plus 275. And he's the second choice? He's the second choice. Uh, Alvarez for the Astros is 7 to 1. Really choice. good. And then you get Trout at 10 to 1, Devers nah. 20 to 1. But yeah. Now, you know what? And you said it because the, the Red Sox are kind of one of those teams. Like the Phillies are sneaking up on me. Mm-hmm. I think the Red Sox are a team that I need to pay attention to. I took a stab at them just to win the American League, not the World Series back at the end of April when they were terrible. And what did you get? You had to get them at a big price. 20 to 1. Huh? It was the Red Sox. Yeah. 20 why to not? 1. That's worth the flyer. Right. They're second place in the division as we wake up this morning. National League. Your favorite, Paul Goldschmidt. No surprise there. Plus He's 105. Unbelievable. Manny Machado, the second choice, 5-1. to one. Pete Alonso, plus 650. Mookie Betts, 11-1, to one, but he is on the IL. Uh-huh. Trey Turner, 15-1. to one. Boy, he's been swinging it. Yeah, boy, it does feel like the favorites right now. The favorites for the reason, we'll say, uh, put it that way. And we can now bet that legally in the state of Iowa. That's great. January, July 1st, rather, open up a whole bunch of more opportunities for us to bet on sports. All right, hour number two. We're going to start with our buddy Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. He covers the Big 12. What is he here? Uh, we're going to pick his brain on that. Head to Chicago with Cappy. Soldier Field getting a roof? Nah. Cappy will fill us in. Miller and Condon, 106.3 KXNO.